Welcome to the Gardening the Hudson Valley podcast, where every week we bring you new inspiration from the gardens and gardeners of New York's beautiful Hudson Valley, making you an even better gardener. And now, here's your host, Marie Iannotti. Hello and welcome to the Gardening Nuts and Valley podcast, the show that brings you gardening news and tips from the gardens and gardeners of New York's beautiful valley region. I'm your host, Marie Iannotti. And I've been hearing from some of you that you don't have as many bees in your vegetable garden as you remember there being. Well, bees have been having a tough time lately, but you should still be attracting enough pollinators to your garden to get your plants pollinated. Now there are some plants like squash and cucumbers that need they need to be pollinated multiple times before they will set viable fruits. These plants might need a little manual help from you for sufficient pollination to take place, but on the whole, your vegetable garden should be a pollinator's mecca. If it isn't, there could be a few culprits at work. First, make sure you're not spraying insecticides indiscriminately. Even botanic and organic pesticides can kill the so-called good bugs. Now, The problem could also be caused by weather. Um, insects can't fly in heavy rain or strong winds, but bad weather doesn't last forever, so that's just a temporary cause. However, if you factor in humidity and soil moisture and the high temperatures, all of these will factor into how much nectar is actually secreted by the plants, and then you could have a real problem that is mostly out of our control. Now, it could also be that there simply aren't enough nectar and pollen-rich plants in your vegetable garden for the insects to find it. Yeah, sure, there's food for them in tomato blossoms, but tomato flowers aren't all that showy. And if you want your vegetable garden to be buzzing, tuck some showy flowers in there. This is something we can control. And it's not just any flowers, because a lot of the currently popular flowers have been bred to appeal to gardeners, not bees. They have bigger flowers, or they have disease resistance, or they're uh, just a really nice buttery shade of yellow. Those features can often come at a price. We've all probably noticed how scent has just about disappeared from garden flowers these days as they make them bigger and better and bloom longer. Unfortunately, many modern hybrids produce little pollen or nectar, and some are actually sterile, which makes them of little use to bees and other pollinators, because they don't care how pretty the flower is. Bees need nectar for its sugar, which is their main source of energy, and they also need the proteins and fats that's provided by pollen. So, which flowers are the right flowers? Well, ideally, you'd have a variety of flowers blooming throughout the growing season to keep the pollinating insects well-fed and happy to stick around your garden. Now, the flowers don't all have to be in your vegetable garden. Nearby borders will attract them to the general vicinity, but you don't want them to hop over the vegetables, so a few clumps should definitely be included with the vegetables. Start your selection by sifting through native plants and heirloom flowers and choosing flowers that you know will grow well in our area. Things like salvias, asters, black-eyed susans, and sedums would fit the bill nicely because research suggests that native plants are four times more attractive to native bees than introduced flowers. Four times more attractive. However, heirloom varieties of herbs and perennials can also provide good foraging, so don't overlook them totally. Now, some garden plants that do still offer enough pollen and nectar to be useful include things like zinnias, lavender, hyssop, globe thistle. I have a longer list on the website if you want to include some uh, other than natives, uh, some of your more popular garden flowers 
in the vegetable garden also. But whatever you choose to grow, plant them in large clumps so bees and other pollinators can find them easily. And uh, here's a couple more tips if you want to make your pollinators really feel at home in your garden. As I mentioned, don't use pesticides. Just don't use them. They're not selective and will kill just about anything. If you absolutely must use a pesticide, start with the least toxic one first. And here's an idea. Follow the label instructions to the letter. More is not better. Okay, lecture over. Um, some more tips are um, plant your flowers in a sunny spot. It's not just good for the flowers. Bees prefer sun over shade. Even butterflies prefer sun over shade. Also provide some type of a windbreak so your pollinators aren't being tossed about when they come to visit. And you go for color. Don't be shy. Bees use their color vision to help them find food. They're particularly attracted to flowers that are in the blue, purple, violet range, but also white and yellow and mix up the flower shapes because bees have different tongue lengths so different bees will feed on differently shaped flowers. There are over 4,000 species of bees in North America. Of course they're not all here in the Hudson Valley and we can't please them all but hey we could try. Now if you want to find out more about the plight of bees and how to garden to attract them a really good place to start is your local chapter of the Circes Society. Gosh, I hope I'm not slaughtering that. X-E-R-C-E-S Society. I'll have a link to that in the write-up for today's podcast. Um, or you can just do a search on uh, on Google. Just don't pronounce it. Write it. X-E-R-C-E-S. X-E-R-C-E-S Society. Because we need bees in our gardens. And thankfully, bees don't tend to be aggressive. And they won't bother you while you both work in the garden. And until we figure out what is causing colony collapse, we really need to be extra considerate of the bees we still have. That brings us to the end of this podcast. If you've missed any of it and you want to find the list of plants, you can find all of that on the write-up on the website at www.gardeningnutsandvalley.com. Once again, I thank you so much for listening today, and I hope you'll join me here again next week for more gardening tips from the most beautiful place on Earth.